Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Punches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Ennett, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persa, is Collegiately Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to this week's edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett, joined by former Wildcat quarterback Dan Persa once again this week. Dan, nice to see you. The, Good to be here. Uh, it was a uh, tough trip for the Wildcats <laughs> down to Tobacco Road over the weekend. They played the Duke Blue Devils and lost rather decisively to Duke 38-14. You know, it's really funny. You played a lot of games against Duke over the years. It's been a good series over the years. Uh, Northwestern really held the upper hand for a while. Lately, it seems to have gone the other way. Duke's won five in a row uh, from the Cats. And this one, uh, again, after a couple of years down there, a couple of years ago where it was sort of lopsided and the Wildcats came back late and made it a little more respectable. Uh, this one was it was a 10-point game at halftime, but ended up being pretty much a blowout as Duke took control in the third quarter. And They've got they've got it going down there now with Duke under Mike Elko. This is probably the best team Duke's had. Um, I mean, at least since since I had been playing in the last twenty twenty five years, um, and probably one of the better quarterbacks they've they've had in, in Riley Leonard. So uh, kudos to them. Uh, Northwestern it continues to struggle a little bit on both sides of the ball. And, and to your point, it was it was a respectable game in the first half, and then Duke kind of separated in, in the second half. But there's no question, coaching staff at Duke is is top notch. Obviously, with with Kevin Johns and, and Elko. Um, and this team's playing at a very high level. They have a lot of confidence. They have a great quarterback, um, good defense, uh, and you know you got to kind of tip your hat to them. We're going to talk more about uh, that game, and also we're going to visit with Northwestern receiver uh, Cam Johnson in his uh, first season with the Wildcats after transferring in from Arizona State, played previously at Vanderbilt, a 60-year guy, and he's going to join us here shortly, and we'll also get to Super Joe's predictions of the week a little bit later on and look ahead to this weekend. Northwestern gets back into Big Ten play this week against the Minnesota Golden Gophers, a night game at Ryan Field, first game that the students will be back for, which I, I think, Dan, I don't know how you looked at it, but those those early non-conference games in particular where the students aren't there, especially there was a small crowd for the UTEP game a couple of weeks ago, I got to think the players pay attention to it and and they know when the students and their classmates are coming back, right? A hundred percent. And I think it's, it's one of those things early in the year where you kind of just get by, right? You you know, you're not going to have a great, great turnout as there's still a lot of stuff going on locally. The students aren't there. Um, a lot of the times you're playing teams like UTEP that don't have obviously big fan bases that are traveling to, to Ryan Field. But once you get back with the students, students in school and the student section, and then you're playing big 10 opponents, which will travel well. Um, it's just helpful to have a lot more energy in the stand. And, and again, we, we've talked about in the past that Northwestern, given that some of the off field, off the field things might struggle a little bit with, with attendance this year. But I think, you know, every person counts and, and it does make a big difference. Um, even if some of the players don't want to admit it, right? The coaches always say it doesn't matter and, and you, you create your own energy on the sideline. They were, they were certainly used to that in 2020, right? When there was nobody in the stands. Um, so if anybody shouldn't have an excuse for it, it's, it's, it's everybody that played in 2020. Um, but it, it makes a huge difference. Let's, let's be, be honest about it. Well, one place you would think it would help them would be early in the game, uh, because 
three games now, three times in three games, the opponent has scored a touchdown on the opening on their opening possession. And uh, in the first half of their three games, Northwestern's been outscored 41 to 14. They've managed one touchdown in the first half of each of their last two games. A little closer in the second half, 45-28 in terms of scoring. But they got to figure that out. they got to figure out a way. doesn't matter if you win the toss or lose the toss. Uh, you've you've got to figure out a way to keep the other team from scoring first time they get the ball. And that's something that Northwestern, frankly, has struggled with for more than just this year, right? Um, getting off on the right foot both on, on both sides of the ball. And I think it's just it's it's not sitting back, right, and being more aggressive in those first couple of possessions. Um, you know, you can't be much worse than getting scored on every time, right? So you might as well cut it loose on defense and, and open it up on offense a little bit. Um, but it's important, right? You know, especially as the season wears on and, and if you incur a couple losses, um, you, you kind of get in the mindset of, oh, oh, no, not again, right? And you want to avoid that, right? You want to get the get the momentum, get these guys' confidence, have that confidence build throughout the game so they're in position to, to win in the fourth quarter and not, you know, seeing the same old story in the first half. Once again this week, Northwestern played three quarterbacks, although one of them just briefly, actually two of them rather briefly, but uh, Jack Lausch, I, I hope, it had nothing to do with his appearance with us here last week because he only got a few snaps on Saturday. I think it had more to do with Duke and more to do with the, the flow of the game. And then Brendan Sullivan came in engineered a late touchdown drive. What have you seen from, from Ben Bryant so far? I think Ben's a really talented player, right? I think he, he can make all the throws. He seems like a pretty good leader. The guys, the guys trust him. Um, you know, the offensive line has, has struggled at times and, and he's been under pressure a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't really shown the ability to, to get out of trouble, um, which I think a lot of former North, Northwestern quarterbacks have been able to do. Um, so I think, you know, especially as you get into the Big Ten, that's, that's going to be important, right? To, to continue to move the pocket, whether it's artificial or, or, or natural. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can, he can be a little bit more decisive in the pocket um, and not, not hold the ball so much. Well, one thing we know, he's got some weapons on, in this offensive unit. He's got some playmakers out there. We're pleased to have one of them with us uh, here today and uh, pleased to welcome in wide receiver, number 14 for the Wildcats, their leading receiver uh, in his first year with the Cats, Cam Johnson. Cam, Dave Ennett, Dan Percy here. Thanks for taking some time out to be with us. We appreciate it. How you doing? Hey, guys. How are you guys? I really appreciate you all having me on. No, it's a pleasure. You were on our pregame show on Saturday and uh, really enjoyed hearing your thoughts about not only your experience so far at Northwestern, but kind of the path you took to get here. And I'm wondering if you could kind of Dad, take us back a little bit. You're you're a native of the Nashville area, correct? Yes, sir. And and then you ended up starting your college career at uh, at Vanderbilt University, a school not unlike uh, your current school, Northwestern. So, tell us how the path has gone that's brought you here to Evanston. Um, you know, the path has been it's been up and down, um, a lot like life. I mean, I started out at Vanderbilt. Um, got to sort of play um, for my hometown team, be around family and things like that. Um, started my freshman year and my first career start, I broke my ankle and was out for the season. Mm. Um, was fortunate enough to come back and um, start at Vanderbilt, 
for the rest of my years there and have a good career there. And then um, as as my senior year ended, I sort of wanted to go somewhere else and try and put one last year together and maybe go for the league. And, of course, I went to Arizona State. Things didn't didn't go as well as, as I'd hoped uh, personally or team-wise. Um, and so I was like, you know, i got to have another year. Um, and so I went back in the portal and um, Northwestern reached out and I realized that it was going to be a place that was a lot like Vanderbilt. Uh, so it's something I was comfortable with. Um, once I got to re- talk to the coaching staff and sort of get to know the guys, I knew that it was a place for me. And, and so far, it's been nothing but great for me. Oh, that's terrific. Now, now, when you were at Arizona State, correct me if I'm wrong, but your head coach, at least for part of the season, was Herm Edwards, right? What was that like playing for him? Yes, it was. Um, it was really cool. I mean, I think you brought a really NFL-type approach to the, to the college level, so it was cool to sort of see um, – the way that maybe an NFL program may be run whenever uh, that time comes. But also I think that he was able to teach me a lot of great things about the game um, as far as what they're looking for in the league, um, how to maybe pre- um, prepare as, a league, as an NFL guy. So things like that I was able to pick up from that program and Coach Edwards. Cam, Dan Percy here. Thanks again for, for joining us. Um, looking forward to, to Minnesota and their, their secondary specifically. What are, what are some of the things that, that you see from them that they do well and then some of the things that you think you can take advantage of? Um, first thing I think that jumps off the page is that they that, that secondary, they play hard. Um, we were watching film on them yesterday, and that was one of the things that we talked about, that this is going to have to be a game where um, – we really come out and we give our best effort because the hard, whoever plays the hardest is going to be the, the group that sort of comes out feeling a little bit better about themselves. So I think that's one thing. I think they're a physical group, um, which for us I don't think is going to be, be too big of a deal. I think we preach that every day that part of the receiver's identity is being physical and coming out and making sure that um, we're blocking well and things like that. Um, and I think they're an experienced group. I mean, they got a lot of older guys in that room. I think they have one guy who's not um, – a senior or above in their starting lineup. So, um, it's, of course, they're going to be able to come out there and they played a lot of football and they're going to be uh, used to seeing things. I think where we can really um, sort of see ourselves do well is at the top of our routes. I think that's something we've been we've been doing good at all year. Um, from the top of the room to the bottom of the room, we've all run, run really well, good, really good routes. Um, and it's something that Coach Ben sort of preaches. So I think that's where you'll be able to see us. And I think maybe making some plays after the catch is something we're really preaching this week and hopefully uh, we can cash in on. Yeah, that, that's a good point, uh, yards after catch. Another thing to think about is is big plays. And I think, you know, while you've had a, a few on offense, you certainly would would like a lot more. What are some of the things you guys are working on to, to create bigger plays for, for the offense, um, which obviously leads to bigger plays for the team? Definitely. I think that, first off, it does come – it starts with being able to um, make plays after the catch, make yards after contact. Uh, Coach Benz tells us every week that we got to expect to break tackles. And I think that sometimes um, as a receiver, you're so focused on making the catch that you're not thinking about what you're going to do after the play. But in our receiver room, we're always trying to, to really harp on make plays after the catch and sort of uh, be prepared to go and make a play. So I think that's one thing. Um, I think that finding – ways to connect on more downfield opportunities is something that we're really focused on this week and it will be really productive for us and lastly just as a receiver unit getting out and blocking um you know it's easy for the running backs to maybe get three to five yards but whenever they have to to, to really break a big run they got to have some good blocking from us receivers so that's something that we're, we're really harping on as well 
Visiting with Northwestern wide receiver Cam Johnson uh, so far this season, 12 receptions, 141 yards, including, uh, speak of yards after the catch, that 43-yard reception that you had against uh, UTEP. I mean, that's the kind of thing you guys want to get more of in this offense, right? 100%, exactly like that. Yeah, that that was that. There's another play, Cam, I have to ask you about and it was in the Rutgers game, and it was and and it was uh, probably in the fourth quarter, I think. And uh, you went up to make a catch, and the DB absolutely drilled you. At first, I thought you you, you caught the ball, which would have been pretty amazing uh, from the the angle at which he hit you. But I I was more concerned about whether you would just pop back up again after that, and and I think it took a moment, but you did, but. I don't think there's too much doubt that uh, you don't shy away from contact, do you? Oh, not at all. I think that, um, well, first off, I'll say that's probably one of the hardest hits I've taken in college football, if not the hardest. So it was definitely, really? definitely a good hit by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I don't shy away from contact. I think from the day I've gotten here, Coach Benz has really been on me that I need to be sort of the, the tone setter in our room. Um, and be able to go up and make contested catches, especially if I'm going to be into the boundary by myself, um, and that he needs me to be a physical guy in the run game. So I think that that's just become a part of my identity. And um, so when I take those hits, I'm a little bit a little bit more equipped to maybe bounce back and, and, and get up a little quicker. Give me uh, just a thumbnail on the guys in the wide receiver room with you uh, because you got some, some veterans there, some guys who've been around uh, – you know, you look at uh, certainly at Bryce Kurtz and A.J. Henning, two guys who have accomplished a lot in college. You know, that's a that's a pretty good trio just for starters. And then you got some young guys also playing behind you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's been one of the most beneficial things about the receiver room is that we're so deep. I mean, um, of course, you mentioned B.K. and A.J., uh, phenomenal players who have played a lot of football and seen a lot of um, big-time game snaps. Um, and then you've got guys like Jacob Gill, um, Calvin Johnson, uh, Frank Covey, um, Donnie Gray, Reggie. We just have so many guys in our room who we feel like if someone in our room gets hurt and then it's next man up, and there's not going to be very much drop-off. I mean, I think that this camp really proved that. It was one of the most competitive camps I've seen in, in terms of, like, trying to figure out who's going to be our top three guys and who's going to be the three after that, and we're still competing every day. I mean, if you have a bad day, you know that someone's on your tail and that they're, they're coming for your spot. So I think it's good for the receiver room. We're visiting with Cam Johnson. Cam, before we let you go, and, and I, we appreciate your time because I know it's a busy time here. You're going to get a, your second taste of uh, Big Ten football on Saturday against Minnesota. You've played in the Pac-12 You've played in the uh, in the SEC, now the Big Ten. You're probably as as good as anybody to give us a, a analysis of the strength of the various conferences. But I know that's something that that you're hoping is in your future is is to uh, to get behind a microphone, right? That's kind of your goal. Yes, sir. That's actually what I want to do. Whenever whenever football ends, I want to somehow uh, find my way to sports. Sports talk shows or something like that, where I can, I can sort of just continue to be around the games that I love and things like that. You know, a lot of guys that come out of Northwestern have done that. You know that, right? 
that was another big reason why I sort of chose Northwestern is just the, the network that they have to, to get into that career field if that's what I choose. Mm-hmm. So what would uh, what would you call your show? You thought about a name for it yet? Uh, I haven't, honestly. I sort of I started with the idea of starting my own podcast, um, and then I just never really got around to it. Um, I might do something with with one of my buddies back home who is done playing football soon, though. Well, listen, you're busy now playing football, but uh, anytime you want to jump on our podcast. Come on with us. You're always welcome here, okay? So if there's anything on your mind that you want to come out and say, uh, you've always got a spot here <laughs> with an open mic, all right? Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right. Listen, Cam, great visiting with you. Good luck this week against Minnesota. And, uh, let's let's try to do this again later in the season, all right, bud? Okay, that'd be awesome. Thank you all again for having me on. Okay. I really appreciate it. Thanks for that. joining us. Appreciate it. There you go. Cam Johnson, number 14, uh, and uh, really, I think a, a guy who's capable of giving this this team some some big plays from a receiving standpoint, and also clearly a guy with a lot of energy and upbeat, and and really wants to see this team do well. He's one of the guys that you want around the team, right? Um, and and you want more of them. But I think between him and him and AJ, there's there's a lot of playmakers on the outside, and and a lot of guys that a lot of that he mentioned um, behind them. So I think similar to how we've talked in, in previous podcasts, just just figuring out ways to get them the ball, get them involved early, just taking downfield shots. I think that's another thing that I think you know, at the end of the day, Northwestern can, needs to continue to do. Um, to to back people off the run game a little bit and and keep folks from from crowding the line of scrimmage and they have players to do it right they have you know both the guys I just mentioned so hopefully Coach Jake implements a little bit more of that against Minnesota. Minnesota coming off a thirty one thirteen loss to North Carolina we're talking about their secondary a little bit and one thing to keep in mind it's a ball hawking group they had I believe fourteen interceptions last year they've got six already. This year, I believe that's the top number in the Big Ten. And uh, their defensive line's a veteran line. They're going to put some pressure on Ben Bryant and the Wildcats' offensive front. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare against that. But North Carolina is coming off a very similar game to the one the Wildcats played against Duke. They lost uh, to Carolina 31-13 after beating Nebraska and Eastern Michigan at home. North Carolina had 519 yards of offense, a little more than Duke had against the Cats. Uh, North Carolina also has a really talented quarterback in, in Drake May. He threw for over 400 against the Gophers on Saturday. So, uh, you know, this will be an interesting test. Certainly, P.J. Flex had a lot of success against Northwestern, uh, both in his in his previous stop and since he's been in Minneapolis. So, this I I don't see this game being a, a blowout. I, I really don't. I, it's a Big Ten West game, and I think Northwestern's going to be ready for it. I think so, and I and I agree. I think it'll be a close game, and I think both teams are going to come off their their previous losses pretty hungry. Um, but to your earlier point, I think if if you're going to throw the ball on on a team, this this North Carolina show you the the blueprint to do it, um, and you have to be careful. Obviously, they're very experienced, as Cam mentioned. Um, and they're a ball hawking group, like you just mentioned. But I think there's some holes out there, and there's some vulnerabilities to to take advantage of. And I think 
um, you know, Northwestern has the player. If, if there's strengths on their team, right, it's, it's their receivers and quarterbacks and their back end, the skill players across the board. So I think the, the more both coordinators can do to, to get those groups involved in the game plans, the better, because those are the top playmakers right now. Wildcats won't have to play, face uh, Mo Ibrahim this week. He's, he's finally moved on. <laughs> yeah. um, and or Tanner Morgan at quarterback. Uh, Ethan Kalikmanis, who's out of Antioch, Illinois, is their starting quarterback. Cats saw him last year. But they are the lowest-scoring team of the Big Ten so far. Again, small sample size, just three games, but they're averaging just 17 points a game, fewer than Northwestern has averaged. I watched the the Nebraska Minnesota game, and it was it's you know similar to any first game of the year in, mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, right? It can be a little ugly at times, and and um, you know they certainly pulled it out against against Nebraska with a, a couple late plays at the end. But I think you know there's the, that offense left a lot to be desired. Um, so I think hopefully our, the Northwestern defense can can capitalize on some of the mistakes um, that they may make. Uh, but I think it's it's going to be a good test, right? Like you said, Big Ten West matchup, and it's it's a game that if Northwestern wants to get back on track, they really need to win. Um, looking into the following week at Penn State, which is going to be a tough matchup. So getting off on the right foot, like we talked about earlier, on both offense and defense is really important um, because I, I, I'm, I'm just not sure this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, it could be you know, a 2013 type of matchup. Um, so, so having a good first half is going to be really important. Uh, Penn State, by the way, a week from Saturday at Ryan Field for an 11 a.m. game. And, of course, that's after this week, Penn State hosting Iowa in a, a big matchup at night uh, at uh, State College. Let's uh, get to our predictions now. Super Joe's predictions of the week. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super, Super Joe's predictions. Thank you, gentlemen. Last week's slate of games was not super appetizing. That certainly isn't the case this weekend. Six ranked versus ranked matchups on a September Saturday for the first time since 2006. That according to Chris the Bear Felica of Fox Sports. One of those ranked versus ranked matchups, Bama hosts Ole Miss at 2.30. The Crimson Tide have struggled. They had a double-digit loss at home to Texas a couple of weeks ago. Last weekend, the quarterback carousel was rounding out. They barely squeaked by a South Florida team in the rain. There's a total of 55.5 on that game. They missed that number by just a point and a half last year, snapping a streak of seven straight where they flew past the total. Listen to some of these from the previous years. 63, 111, 90, 69, 69, 91, and 80. It may seem like Bama doesn't have a quarterback, but I have faith that Nick Saban will get things on track. And of course, Lane Kiffin will do his part too. Take the over 55.5 between Bama and Ole Miss. All right, Joe, nice job on that. Good luck with that prediction. So again, uh, this week you got some Big Ten games. Finally, a lot of conference matchups. I mentioned Iowa, Penn State, of course, the Cats in Minnesota. Rutgers playing at Michigan. Rutgers off to a three and zero start again. So we'll see how they do when they go to the Big House. Maryland at Michigan State. Maryland looks really good. Michigan State had just a miserable night against Washington, got blown out in the first half of that game. And, of course, they've had everything swirling around Mel Tucker this past week. So we'll see what happens uh, with that matchup. And Illinois goes back to non-conference play this week against Florida Atlantic. But it's the Cats and the Golden Gophers under the lights at Ryan Field. Should be fun. Should be a good atmosphere. Let's hope so. Yeah, again, the, the Cats certainly need it. Weather's going to be good. It'll be perfect. All right. Dan, thanks as always. Uh, We thank Cam Johnson for 
joining us this week. Thanks to Super Joe for his picks. Also, our producer, Jack Heinrich. Thanks to Dan Persa. I'm Dave Ennett. Join us again next week on Collegiately Speaking.